Chapter 9. Mama, it's me again. We're hopefully one more step closer to finding some answers. It's been frustrating because with each step, it seems like the path only lengthens. Mama, I wonder how you found out about Swift. Who told you about how special it was? Have you ever had a huge army follow you to have it? I have to find out more about what this power really is and what I have to do to protect myself and my new friend. You would have liked her. Okay, are you ready to keep moving? Reshma asked. Ilse put down her crude pencil and nodded. I could probably use another day or two of sitting, but I'd much rather get out of this forest someday, Ilse answered, tucking her mother's book back into her satchel. Couldn't agree more, Reshma said. It's so cold and damp in here. Gives me the creeps. Are you kidding? Ilse said. You must still be used to the dry, Tigerian heat because it feels so moist and warm. The air is just so heavy. The sooner we find this impenetrable territory, the less we have to debate over the weather, Reshma grinned, offering her hand. Ilse took it and used it to raise herself to her feet. Reshma pulled out the map that she brought with her from home and pointed to what looked like a cloud of uncertainty. It was marked as Beast Forest. The mapmaker took the time to draw tiny trees sporadically throughout the mass labeled as the forest. The map itself looked like a large wheel. The forest was a large mass in the middle, and all the towns, villages, and cities circled around it like spokes. Yelling was at the very southwest point and drawn to look like a decent-sized city. There was a small island off the coast without a name. The whole east side of the map faded in detail, and Ilse could only imagine that the mapmaker had yet to discover what could possibly extend to the east. At least we have something, Ilse said. It would be more helpful if this forest had some kind of path for riding, or if the map had some kind of helpful landmarks. You're right about that, Rashma said. Sebra didn't mention much about where Ladala would be, Ilse said as they rolled up the map and started walking. I feel like we're on a fool's errand. I'm hoping Sebra sent us out here because she thought we had what it took to find the place, Rashma said. Just a hope, a wish. I sort of fancy the idea of being in a place that the Yildirims can't get into, Ilse mused. Didn't we used to think that about Ravenna? Reshma said. I find it ironic that we go from one walled-in society to another. This one seems to have answers, Ilse said, determined. Elves are supposed to know a lot of things, right? That's what the tales tell us. I can find a way to be safe and you can find your family. I definitely hope you're right. So, we're traveling northeast, then, Ilse said. Maybe we should travel west and get out of the forest for a moment and ask for directions? That should help, actually, Reshma said. We could use an updated map. I don't even know how old this thing is. The evidence that we are ill-prepared for this task is just piling high right now, Ilse grumbled. If we went on the run from soldiers, I'd be a bit harsh on us, too, Reshma said. We can hardly catch our breath before someone else tries to put their witchy necklaces on you. Hey, Ilse hissed, pulling out one of Sebra's knives. Reshma quickly shut up and armed herself as well. What do you hear? Reshma asked. Ilse quickly jumped in the nearest bush and crouched down, and Reshma had no choice but to follow suit. After a few seconds of silence, they could hear the sound of zapping in the distance. Lightning. Reshma shuddered mightily at the recognition of the sound. They're here, Ilse said through gritted teeth. Damn it! Reshma's eyebrow shot up at Ilse's language and tried to suppress a grin before she heard the cracks of lightning. We can get out of this, Reshma whispered. What do we do, climb a tree? Ilse said. They sound like they're too far away to even know that we're so close, Reshma said. In fact, a good climb could give us the perspective that we need. 
Okay, let's use that one over there, Ilse said, pointing to a tall tree a few feet away. It had thick branches and pine needles that provided ample protection and covering. They ducked and headed towards the tree. As they tried to climb and scale the tree, they could hear something approaching. Get the dogs around, a voice yelled. Perhaps that'll speed things up a bit. They're no longer dogs, sir, another younger voice said. It was a woman's voice. The other voice swore. The girls are no longer yelling, that's for certain, the first voice said. This forest has a way of helping people get very lost. Lock up the wicked changelings and we'll find the girls once they decide to stop running in circles. Of course, the other voice replied wearily. The girls in the tree heard the footsteps slowly disappear into the distant foliage. Once they were sure that the other people were gone, Ilse sighed. If it's all right with you, I'd prefer to rest up here for the night. You're a forest creature now, Reshma replied with a smile. Far from it, Ilse said. There's people down there that want us for reasons still unknown. I also hate to admit that I don't know the first thing about climbing down a tree. Ah, Reshma answered. Well, you'll learn fast once you have to pee, or anything else. I can gracefully fall out of the tree tomorrow morning, Elsie said. I've fallen from higher places before. She remembered her escape through her bedroom window with derision. Sounds fine by me, Reshma said. She left her satchel and weapons on the branch she was sitting on and said, I'm going to try and get any higher to see if I can see where we are. Enjoy the view, Ilse said as she drank from her water pouch. Reshma began grappling for branches nearby and soon she was scaling the tree and out of sight. Ilse laid her head against the rough trunk and closed her eyes, wondering if she could get a decent night's sleep in a sitting position high up in a tree, knowing that unwanted enemies could be lurking below. After quite a while, Ilse could hear Reshma making her careful descent. Ilse, Reshma said, coming down the tree, it's incredible. It's just trees in every direction. I don't even see anything of stone and man-made. It's just trees forever until the horizon. You didn't see anything that looked like a place that Ladala would live? Ilse asked. She would have to have towers that touch the clouds in order for me to see them, Reshma said, breathing heavily in awe and out of exertion. Did you hear what they said about their dogs? Ilse said as Reshma found a stable sitting position. Yeah, Reshma said quietly. Did you hear right when they said the dogs were no longer dogs? Is that a euphemism? Ilse asked. They called them changelings, Reshma said. They're definitely using some weird stuff to find us. To them, we're probably weird girls. Ilse said. The next day, the girls slowly but carefully inched their way down the tree. Ilse just decided to jump once she was a foot or two from the ground, tired of hurting her hands. She fell and tumbled to the ground. Hopefully no one heard that, Reshma said. Agreed, Ilse said as she got to her feet and headed onward. So it sounds like they've got this forest surrounded, Reshma said. It's either find a town and potentially be surrounded, or wander around on our own to find Ladala. What do you want to do? Ilse asked, unsure if she wanted to hear the answer. We've made the bed and now we have to sleep in it, as Mama would say, Reshma said. Up in the trees, it looks like it would take much longer to get out. I know we've only been out here for a few days, but it looked like we've been venturing out here for months. So I guess we're going to keep going, Ilse said. Onward ever onward, then. They cautiously made their way through the forest, attempting to have quieter yet quicker steps. As they kept moving, the only light they had was their weak lantern, and the glow of a large full moon making its way into the night sky. Should we find shelter somewhere? Ilse asked. Might as well get some sleep. I'm beat, Reshma replied. Let's find a decent tree before my legs fall off. They felt their way through the dark and found what they hoped would be a decent tree. I can't even see the next branch up, Ilse said. 
You might as well use your fire so we can see. I thought you insisted on keeping our powers a secret, Reshma said, amused. It's just for a moment, Ilse said. We've had a long day, and I'd like to see our new sleeping quarters. Reshma didn't waste a moment. She held out her hand, and a tiny ball of fire danced a few inches above her palm. It lit up her whole face, and she smiled. She held up her hand, and the glow showed some promising, thick branches overhead. Suddenly, they heard a strange noise, a low growl. The hairs on the back of Ilse's neck stood on end. Ilse tried to ignore it, remembering that they were in a forest that was full of unusual noises. She let her gaze wander and could hear all sorts of birds squawking, insects humming, and leaves rustling. The same growl felt closer, and Ilse flinched. Reshma? Ilse quivered. What was that? Reshma was about to comment, but when she turned to face the ice chanter, she froze in place. She thought she saw a pair of eyes flicker as her flame moved with her. I think something is close, Reshma said. The growling a bit more distinct and louder. She whispered shakily, Don't worry, just don't make any sudden movements aloud. Ilse screamed as something jumped on her from behind Reshma's flame, a large furry wolf snapping its jaws. It looked large and sinister, like it had already won some earlier scuffles. Reshma threw her fire and it caught hold of the beast's coat. It whined and barked as the creature rolled away, clawing Ilse and anything else in its way. Ilse scrambled to her feet, realizing that the creature was entangled in her bag. Hey! Ilse protested. The beast managed to get on all fours with the flame out and the smell of singed hair in the air. Ilse, it's a wolf! Reshma whispered, holding up a new flame so they could see. Suddenly they could hear growling and panting from several directions. Reshma held up a second flame and saw several pairs of eyes surrounding them. I didn't come all the way out here to get eaten alive! Reshma grunted. Ilse trained her eyes on the wolf with her bag. I'm not going to let anyone take my mother's book, Ilse whispered. She whispered swift under her breath before she ran straight at the wolf. She was able to snatch the bag and run with it. Reshma looked around, realizing that Ilse was suddenly gone, as well as the wolf. She held out the fire in defense as the wolves neared her. Go away or I'll singe all of you, Reshma said aloud. The wolves growled, not fearing the fire. One of them came close and just sniffed at her like a curious puppy. Reshma froze in fear and confusion. The wolf looked up like an obedient dog and whined as it trotted away, almost guiltily. Dumbfounded, Reshma lowered her aching arms and looked around. What just happened exactly? Reshma said aloud. The wolves didn't even put up a fight. It was if they recognized her as a human and left her alone. Guess we'll look for another tree once I find you, Ilse, Reshma thought to herself, gathering up their things, before something else does. Light crept out from behind the trees. Ilse opened her eyes and saw a large tree stretching up to the sky. She realized she was lying on her back, and she tried to prop herself up with her arms. The ground was soggy, and the leaves above her head held small beads of rainwater. Ilse shivered, realizing that she was lying on cold dirt. Once she felt that she was fully awake, she was able to calm down and resort to a comfortable warmth as she tried to remember how she got there. She remembered the wolf and reaching for the bag. She remembered running with Swift through the dark trees. The wolf behind her didn't make it long as it collided with some other tree. Ilse remembered not making it much further before she hit something. She could only guess it was the tree she slept under. How far did I go? Ilse thought to herself. How will I find Reshma now? Ilse rolled up her sleeves and dug through her bag for any form of food. She found meager slices of hard-crusted bread and she nibbled nervously. It was the last of her food rations. She thought that if she stayed put, Reshma could have a decent chance of finding her. It didn't stop her from wondering just how lost she was. While she was deep in thought, a sound began to reverberate in her ears. It came quietly. Her thoughts froze as she stood up to hear the sound. It was a whisper. Her bread fell from her fingers, half-eaten. 
Her eyes refused to blink, and all thoughts cleared her mind as she stood up. She steadily walked with vacant eyes and a closed mouth. She continued until the whisper became a voice. Ilse, a soft, gentle voice purred. Come, Ice Chanter. She staggered towards the voice. As her vision grew dimmer and her mind wavered, she sank to her knees and felt the weight pulling her close to the earth. Tiny vines twirled and slunk from the soil like silent snakes and grew in size in seconds like they were sprouting in rushed time. They intertwined themselves sneakily around her ankles, wrists, and shoulders, pulling her closer and tighter to the ground. Her body silently obeyed as her torso slowly fell to the earth, her stomach covered in dead leaves and dirt. All the while, more strands coiled around her wrist, ankles, and legs until she was almost covered in a green web. As the final strand came slowly to wrap itself around her neck, Ilse's wrist lit up brightly and tore a hole through the empty darkness of Ilse's mind. Ilse screamed aloud, and her muscles twitched and tightened. As though the vines could understand her desperation, they frantically pulled her limbs to the ground so she couldn't escape. The vines felt like thick, coarse ropes, and Ilse screamed in surprise and pain. Suddenly, Ilse thrashed her hand out, gripping a dagger. She squirmed to cut at the vines at her wrist, and they flinched at the slightest cut. She sawed violently at the thick vine coiling at her throat. It thrashed around like an angry snake and coiled again over her neck, sharper and tighter than before. Ilse struggled to breathe, and she felt sharp pain all over. Swift! Ilse choked out. Immediately, the spell propelled her into the air and onto her feet. She collapsed into the nearest tree, and any vines that were still around her snapped like twigs and screeched. Ilse rolled over on her belly and scrambled to her knees, watching the vines writhe in pain. They dove back down into the earth where they came from. She held her throat as she began to cough. Ilse felt the burns lingering on her wrists, and a shiver rolled down her spine. She blinked her eyes as her senses came back into focus and shook her head. She heard wailing and screaming and the sound of glass continuously breaking and shattering. The sounds gradually ceased, and Ilse was left alone. What was that all about? Ilse thought aloud. She looked towards her wrist. Swift's brand glowed softly and then faded back to normal. Ilse noticed her things were scattered all over, so she crawled on the ground and gathered them. While doing so, she noticed something sparkle in the grass. She moved her head back and forth as her eye caught the reflected light a couple times. She brushed the grass away, and between her hands lay a simple rose-gold band. She almost didn't see it, but a sudden glint of light made it sparkle in the midst of the grass. One of Ilse's dirt-encrusted hands picked it up and brought it towards her face. Ilse casually slipped it on to marvel how it looked on her finger. She held up her hand, wondering, Who do you belong to? As she pondered, she felt dizzy and tired. When she blinked, her eyelids were heavy. Everything looked so fuzzy and dark. Her eyes closed and her mind faded, and Ilse collapsed back down to the ground.